0: Well, welcome to worship, everyone. It's good to see everybody here today. Um, a few announcements uh, before we begin our worship. Um, there, Jessica Gansen, our discipleship director, will have a table out there. She has one out there. You probably saw it coming in, where she can discuss the different ways that you can share your gifts and to volunteer here at Faith Lutheran Church, which we need and value and love. Our volunteers just make this place roll. So, If you're willing to share your gifts, please stop. She's got an awesome uh, wealth of information about how you can serve. Um, Pastor Eric Kennaw is here and he is with Lutheran Church Extension Fund, helping us walk through this adventure, which is the capital campaign. And he will be blessing us with the word tonight. So you will get a night off for me. I'm glad no one cheered. (laughs) Hymn Festival is coming up. January 28th at, at our FMC, at Faith Ministry Center, um, that, at that site at 1.30 p.m. So make sure if you are able to attend that, it should be a lot of great music reflections and a lot of great things going on there. And I know Steve's put a lot of work into that and uh, cause he loves putting that together. So we're looking really forward to that. Uh, Mike Kenning has asked me to announce that grades eight through 11, uh, there will be a youth gathering meeting tomorrow um, at Faith Ministry Center after the 1040 service. So it would be about 1140, 1145. So if parents or you have children that age or children, kids, youth that age that are wanting to go to that and uh, make sure that you uh, get to that meeting or let Mike know if you can't attend and maybe he can... He, because Mike's overcommunicates, so he'll make sure you get information one way or the other. But it's awesome to go to the meeting. He really puts a lot into those. Uh, of course, February 18th is at um, Lawrence Memorial Chapel. Is we have one service there, and we of course are celebrating our 75th anniversary, which is awesome. Uh, Make sure uh, if you want to come to the lunch afterwards that you RSVP uh, online. And I was supposed to read you the website. It's 75 lunch, 75 slash lunch dot RSVP. That's why I am terrible at writing those things down. And watch for shuttle service because we will be having shuttle services that drop people at the door because parking there gets a little tricky. So... With all that stuff circling around your head, if your soul magnifies the Lord, why don't we rise for our first song?
1: praise and worship time with a song called He Shall Reign Forevermore.
0: Let you bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, you give us so much each and every day. You ask us to remember you and to not forget. Help us each day to remember all the blessings that you give us, the love that you show us, and the mercy that you show us through your Son, Jesus Christ, that we may walk through this life with thankfulness and peace, maybe not in the pain that goes on in the world, but the peace that you have given us, that this is not the end of our story. Help us to always remember and never forget. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. And our first reading comes from Deuteronomy 6. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy a long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities that you did not build. Houses filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide. Wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. In the future, when your son asks you, What is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent miraculous signs and wonders, great and terrible, upon Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land that he promised on oath to our forefathers. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God, so that we may always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. And once more, why don't we go ahead and rise for the reading of our gospel, which comes from Mark chapter one. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets And followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Please be seated.
2: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord, and risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> I'm Pastor Eric Kenall with the Lutheran Church Extension Fund. I was in the parish for 21 years until I got the opportunity to begin working with churches around the country, uh, helping them do strategic planning, helping them raise funds for ministry expansion, uh, and I have the opportunity as part of your Faith for Generations campaign to come this morning this evening, and to talk with you a little bit about the text today. A lot of people think that we come with a canned sermon that I've preached in a bunch of places. Um, I promise you, no one has ever asked me to preach on Deuteronomy 6 as part of a campaign before. But what a great text for this very moment in time for faith. Faith for generations, the double meaning is intentional. A church that will span generations that have been here for 75 years worth of God's people and the prayer that it would be here for the next 75 years and beyond. But more importantly, the faith of the people that is the foundation of the church that it would last, that that faith would continue to be passed on to our children and our children's children from one generation to the next. That's exactly what Moses was doing in Deuteronomy chapter 6. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, well, really the whole book of Deuteronomy. If you've ever, if you started this year in your read through the Bible, this year I'm gonna read all the way through the Bible, you know that Leviticus and Deuteronomy are the parts where most people get bogged down, right? Because they're rehashing all this stuff we heard before. Why are they rehashing all this stuff we've heard before? Because in the moment that Moses is standing before the people, their wilderness wandering is behind them. The promised land is in front of them, and they're standing on the boundary waters of the Jordan River that separate the land of the promise from the wilderness wandering. And Moses wants to make sure that they're ready to go into the land, the land that God promised to give them, filled with houses they didn't build and wells they didn't dig and vineyards they didn't plant. And he wants to make sure that when they go in, they remember that it's not because they're such an amazing bunch of people that this happened, but rather that there was an amazing God that led them to this moment. And so he begins to rehash all of the covenant that they have spoken, that God has handed down to them, and they've said, yes, all this we will do. In chapter 5, he's recited the Ten Commandments again for them and says that it's these commandments that you have to pass on. It's these commandments that are the foundation of the faith. It's these commandments that will separate you, that will set you apart. What is it about the Ten Commandments that we're going to be so different? Doesn't everyone want to live in a land where people don't murder and steal and cheat? Of course we do. But we don't live in that world, do we? They didn't live in that world either. And yet that world is written on our hearts. You see... As one of my confirmation students once uh, gracefully put it, God wasn't intending to be the great party pooper in the sky when he handed down the Ten Commandments. Here are ten rules to make sure that you don't have any fun, right? No. God looked at us and said, how is it supposed to be? Because that's what's written on our hearts, how it's supposed to be. And he looked back to the garden and he said, look, Here are the garden rules. When Adam cared for Eve above all else and Eve met Adam's needs before worrying about her own and they walked together with me in the cool of the evening, that was when life was good. That's what's written on our hearts. That's the longing that draws us to these things and no one's doing it. If you could live like you lived in the garden the rest of the world would notice. Whether they were Israelites or pagans, they would see what their hearts had longed for, a land where people care for each other instead of hurt each other, where they cheer each other on rather than being jealous of each other's success, where someone else's needs are more important than your own, and above all else, they walk with me every day the world that's that's the world that the whole human race is longing for and he said if you my people could do that if you could live by the garden rules in the midst of this fallen world the rest of the world would be drawn to you and through you be drawn to me God says but realize as we have that these no longer come naturally that sin has curved our hearts away from God and away from our neighbor and to ourselves. And so you're going to have to teach them. That's Deuteronomy 6. You're going to have to teach them because children don't naturally grow up saying, yes, and yours, and share, right? Little ones grow up and they say, no, and mine, right? Right? That's what comes naturally to us. And so Moses says, you're going to have to teach them to your children, not like once from the pastor in confirmation, but like every day when you sit down at the meal, you're going to have to talk about the garden rules. And when they lie down at bed, the last thing you want them thinking about is life in my world. And when you walk along the road, you're going to get to model that for them. Faith for generations but only if you're willing to do the hard work of consistently teaching and modeling that the next generation might grow up. Moses realizes he's not going into the promised land with his people. He's had his foible in the wilderness and God has said, you're not going in. And at the end of this time of teaching, Moses is going to go off into the wilderness and never be seen again. He'll be called home. And Joshua, one of the last two people of his generation, Joshua and Caleb, Joshua is given the mantle of leadership to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. And God does something miraculous. He repeats a miracle. There's only three instances in scripture where God repeats a miracle. And this is one of them. They're all afraid to go in. It's high water. It's flood season. How are we going to cross this river? And God says for the priests to take the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders. And as soon as they step foot in the water, it begins to part, to rise up on either side. Like their great-grandparents, who all died in the wilderness, saw as they left Egypt through the Red Sea. God parts the waters again for them. And they walk through on dry ground past the ark and to the other side and into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, and all them otherites so that they can begin to take the land that God has promised to them. And God repeats that miracle and Joshua doesn't miss it. Because God wants them to know that the God who led their grandparents and their great-grandparents out of Egypt is the very same God who's going with them into the promised land. The God who conquered Pharaoh and the greatest army on the face of the earth is the very same God that marches before them as they enter the promised land. And they could go with confidence. And Joshua says, we need to do something here. We need to put a marker on this moment so that everyone will know. And he tells the 12 leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel that as they pass by where the ark is, they're to stop and pick up a stone from the riverbed, a stone that had spent decades underwater and carry it with them to the shore. And there on the shore, they pile the stones up into what was called an Ebenezer. When I say Ebenezer, your second thought probably ought to be Scrooge, right? What in the world is an Ebenezer? But an Ebenezer is a monument. This pile of stones is a monument and a testament to their God. And Joshua says, When you come back this way after we've conquered the land and your children who don't remember the conquest walk by these stones and they say, dad, mom, why did they pile those stones up there? Then you can tell them that this is a marker of God's faithfulness in the past. And you can tell them the story of the God who led us out of Egypt out of slavery and oppression, who provided for us in the wilderness manna and quail and water, and who went before us into the promised land and gave us the very house in which you live. Not only can you remember and recount that, but then you can tell them, this is the same God that goes with you into the future. This is the very same God who will walk with you to the lands and the life that you don't know yet. And if he can do all of that, then, my child, you have nothing to fear. This is the moment that we stand in here at faith as we prepare for the 75th anniversary. As we talk about faith for generations, not simply a church planted, but a love of Christ and a faithfulness to his gospel that has permeated grandparents and parents and children for generations. And on the 75th anniversary, we get to raise up an Ebenezer. We get to stop in that moment, and each family gets to grab a stone, metaphorically speaking, and to say, remember, in 1949, When a group of people, on a much too warm day, overdressed in suits, stood in the middle of a field filled with weeds and wildflowers and put a shovel in the ground. Because Appleton, Wisconsin needed a Lutheran church to share the gospel and to distribute the sacraments of God. And your grandparents, your great-grandparents stood there on that day, and made a vow to God and the 32,000 people that made up Appleton in that day. Can you imagine it that small? And faith was planted. And from there, from there we saw God move in word and sacrament. We saw lives come. We saw baptisms happen. We saw people struggling with addiction who were set free. We saw God's care show up in our midst, and his love was there for us. We saw God's people move as his hands and feet and pause for your shepherd dog or for your comfort dog. And we experienced God, not just in worship, not just in his word, not just through the preacher, but through the casseroles that we brought to the sick, by the hospital visits that we made to the needy, by the love that we shared, by the times that we gathered to celebrate those who entered the church triumphant and grieve with those who were left behind. And my child, it wasn't always a smooth road. No, there was a season, a difficult season when celebration came and we weren't sure what it all meant and how it all worked, and we were two different churches. But ours is the story of uniting. Ours is the story of Christ bringing together and allowing this to become one beautiful ministry that not only touches hearts and lives by letting us worship here, but reaching out to families who bring their children and the next generation to hear about the love of God. You get to come and plant your stone with a memorial gift on that day so that the next generation can know, so that the faith that you have lived and loved and been saved by can move forward. This Ebenezer that Joshua set up is very much like the cross today. It cross doesn't just remind us that I once was a dirty, rotten sinner who needed saving and Jesus died for me. But when I look at it, I remember, that's the Jesus who walks out with me today and walks into this weekend, knowing the challenges in front and promising to be there with me. On February 18th, we get to gather and we get to raise an Ebenezer of faith that the next generation might know that the next generation might hear and that the next generation might share and continue to pass that faith on. This 75th anniversary is a marker. And the gifts that we bring toward the projects of renewing the facilities and the campus at faith are really symbolic, that we are planting a marker for the next generation. Here we raise our Ebenezer. Hither by thy strength we come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for the men and women who stood before us, who made faith a reality as a church. But we thank you for the men and women, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, godparents, who helped instill in us that faith that you planted in baptism. Heavenly Father, help us as we prepare for the 75th anniversary to prepare well to celebrate what you have done in our midst. And to know that our passion truly isn't simply for us, but for the generations to come. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: And at this time, as we put the baskets around and collect the offerings, I know I don't do a very good job every week of saying this, but as a member of this ministry staff who is able to support their family with the generosity and love you show through your offerings. And as a church whose different ministries are furthered by everything you give every week, we are truly thankful. And if I don't express that in the best way, it's never, it's just my lack of words. It's not my lack of thankfulness or this church's lack of thankfulness. So we are so appreciative of everything that you do.
1: and generations fallen down in worship to sing the song of ages to the lamb and all who've gone before us and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the lamb the greatest your name
0: Father, many times we forget that you are slow to anger and abounding in love and desiring to forgive. Help us to live our lives each and every day seeking your forgiveness as you seek us out to give that gift to us each and every day so that we might see you in eternity. We ask you to be with those who are hurting, who are in pain, who are depressed, anxious or suicidal or lonely, we ask you to be with those who are ill, in pain, recovering from surgery, or facing surgery. Especially we ask you to be with Marilyn Oshin, Michael Imicus, and Kim Liffering. We ask you to heal them according to your good and gracious will. Keep them strong in body, mind, and spirit as they heal, as they recover, as they battle illness and look for a restoration of the body in this life. Lord, we ask you to be with those families who have lost loved ones, those who can't look to a restoration of body in this life. We ask you to help them remember your promise of the bodily resurrection and life in the life to come. We ask you to be with the family of Jim Anderson, especially Lynn Johnson, his daughter, as Jim was called to his heavenly home last week. We ask you to lift up his family and all those who may mourn the loss of a loved one. Give them the hope of the empty tomb, but ease their earthly grief and dry their tears as only you can. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for everything that you have given us each day, our earthly blessings that we did not earn and cannot deserve, and do not deserve. You have given us many things, but help us look to that, that most precious promise of eternal life, that most precious gift that we can walk with you like we once did in the Garden of Eden and have a perfect relationship with you one day in your kingdom. We give you thanks and praise for the volunteers here that serve and use their gifts to help us make a joyful noise to you each week, Lord, that help us to distribute communion, that help us to greet, that help us to do everything here at this church that makes us many parts of one body working together for your good. And we look forward, Lord, to celebrating 75 years of Faith Lutheran Church and the spread of the gospel, the fellowship with the people here, and we celebrate 75 more years to come, as we continue spreading the good news and loving one another as you have first loved us. And we also remember those in our ongoing prayers and those we now name silently in our hearts. And we pray this all as you have taught us, our Father who art in heaven Since we are preparing to receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar, let us first consider our unworthiness and confess our sins before God and one another. Everyone Everyone ought to examine examine themselves before before they they eat eat of the the bread bread and drink from the cup. Together together as God's children, let us us take refuge in his infinite mercy and grace and repent of our sins most merciful God we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean we have sinned against you and our neighbor in thought word and deed by what we We have done the evil that you have forbid and have not done the good that you desire for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Because we have laid our burdens at the foot of the cross, burdens that we cannot bear, we leave it at the foot of the cross where Jesus can bear any sin, can calm any shame, and can give mercy. Where humans can't. That's why we look to the Son of God as our hope, our mercy, and one day our eternal life. And because he has heard our confession, no matter what burden we've laid down, he has forgiven us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to the disciples. And he said, take and drink of it, all of you. This is the new covenant of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. God's peace be with each and every one of you and take a moment to share that peace with those around you.
1: Your trouble, heavy hearted, come to Jesus and find your peace. If you're run down, empty handed, come to Jesus and find. go back to Comforter, Counselor, Prince of Peace. Let's stand. Comforter, Counselor, Prince of Peace, author and maker of everything, Defender, Deliverer, and King of Kings,
0: Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting, depart in peace. We you pray with me? Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have given us the foretaste of the feast to come. Each and every day we move closer to being with you in eternity. But yet this life you have given us is a blessing too. And each day you give us opportunities to serve you by serving one another. Help us to do that with glad hearts with joyful giving and loving our neighbor as you have first loved us. In your precious name we pray, amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you all with favor and give you his peace. Amen.